Hello, 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 and welcome to our special edition, the one that we've been looking forward to the most since the season started. I'm very, very excited. Today is an exciting day because we saw lots of great trades happen. Um, we saw some trades happen a couple of days ago, and we're going to talk about our predictions from last week and kind of touch base on to see where the players we talked about landed, if we got our predictions right, and we're going to also just dive a little bit deeper into the trades that just happened today. That way we, you guys can get a little of a, you know, deeper insider look into what's going on with every team and with these players. So exciting stuff all around. The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. Time to get started. So we're going to start off with the one and only. Actually, no, let's not start off with the one and only. Let's start off with the, the number five on our list. So <laughs> number five on our list last week was Toronto's top prospect. And essentially what I was thinking, maybe the top prospect could, could have been like alluding to the first rounder that um, the Leafs gave up for Nick Foligno, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But then Grace was mentioning that it could also refer to Barbanov, right? Yeah, not that not that he's like a, a top prospect, but if they're referring to their group of top prospects, I think he definitely fits in there, especially since he played upwards of 10 games for the Leafs this year already. Uh, so I, I do think that that Toronto's top prospect has been dealt. So we were right. I'll give Yay. us a point. One point right there. Okay. And then with Jonathan Bernier, he was not dealt this trade deadline. But last week, if you guys were listening, the girls did say that they did not expect him to be moved. So once again, we were. Does that right. mean we get another point? <laughs> we get another point. <laughs> That's two points, guys. Come on. We have to keep it going. Third on our list was Matthias Ekholm. Okay, so this is the one where I think it's a little tricky because I can't remember if we said yes or no. I think we kind of said maybe. I don't think we had a definitive answer. We did say that we probably could see him going to one of the Canadian teams, but he was not dealt. So I guess we'll leave that little, I guess, with a question mark for we now. We don't get a point for that one. Though. No, we don't, sadly. But sadly not. we're going to get two big points with these next two ones. So second on their list was Taylor Hall. And as you guys know, last week when we were talking about Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri, we were, guy, we were kind of playing the role of GM. And we said, you know, if Palmieri goes to the Islanders, then I think Hall would be perfect to go to the Bruins. And looky there, we got that right. <laughs> so Taylor Hall. We're on a roll. Why aren't we GMs? Come on. Like, just hire us already. We can be consultants. We offer our services. We would have rocked this Come trade on. deadline. Like, we would make it so entertaining. I'm surprised that, like, we, like, got so many predictions right. I know. We're smart peeps. Come on. I feel like for people who haven't been around <laughs> this whole time, uh, we do need to tell them about the wraparound yes. jinx. Yes. It's something we've been dealing with since we started the show. <sighs> uh, so every every week we would say something. 
and then the complete opposite would happen so even if like elliot friedman was like this team's gonna do this this week and we'd talk about it and then it just wouldn't happen but this time around i think we broke the curse we, we did broke it. we broke i the think curse. we got it so we're gonna talk about now the taylor hall trade so basically buffalo dealt taylor hall and curtis lazar to boston for a second round pick and anders bjork (sighs) and i don't know about you guys out there but in my head i was telling the girls this that i always thought that they were going to deal taylor hall separately or alone um clearly (laughs) that's not what they did and they had to add someone in order to deal um taylor hall And to be honest with you, it's not that big of a a return for someone who's making $8 million and um, is as big as a name as he is, because we all know why. So, um, so yeah, that's basically the details of that trade. (sighs) Give me your thoughts, guys. How do you think he will fit in Boston? I was just going to mention, like Marjorie spoke about the return that the Sabres received. We also have to understand, this is something we mentioned last episode as well, because of Taylor Hall's significant contract, it was likely that the team would have to retain salary in order for to make a trade work, basically. So in this deal, the Sabres are retaining a portion of his contract. So I think last week we, uh, we were talking about like in reality what can buffalo get back for hall is it worth it and i think now that we've seen this it's not worth it for the sabers for boston sure uh but i think it just kind of says what kind of position the sabers are in where they're they want to get rid of their players to be able to build a better team now and also i saw that they're GM Adams made the trophy or statement trophy. Wow. I'm having a good time today. The statement that um, Taylor Hall had control of where he was going. And so that really put a limit on their trades and what they could do. So if he didn't have that no trade clause, he didn't want to be traded to every team. Then I think they probably could have gotten a much better return for him. But because the, it was really in Taylor Hall's hands, I do think that kind of affected this for the Sabres. Where he's going to fit in in Boston, I don't know, because I'm still trying to get over what this means for the Sabres. <laughs> well, yeah, like like you touched upon, Buffalo was essentially trying to get rid of their players in order to kind of rebuild their system and so on. But as you guys are going to eventually see later on, you guys being the audience and the listeners, is that Buffalo didn't do much <laughs> during this trade deadline. And they didn't get a lot of, of big names or players or, or, or not even that. They didn't get a lot of picks. And, you know, they just got one second round pick in this trade. And we'll talk a little bit more about what they got um, in other trades, but they didn't make as big as um, a buy or they weren't really on a shopping spree today. And for the past couple of weeks, that's all we've been saying is that in order for them to kind of, you know, get better or to rebuild the team, then this was their time to kind of, you know, get some picks for the players that they had and, you know, offload older players and offload the players that haven't been performing that well. And, you know, they didn't really do that. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of to see how free agency plays out and how that kind of has a significant impact on their, on their rebuilding process. So I guess we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. 
but I think even last week we were also saying how we didn't really know how Taylor Hall was going to fit in on that team. You know, Boston has had such established lines for such a long time that you just know, you know, who's on what line and how well they play together. And so it's going to be weird to see one Taylor Hall in a Bruins jersey, but also two kind of see how he can place himself in a team that overall is, is pretty darn good. Yeah, and I think like the situation in terms of Taylor Hall, I think us asking like how he's going to fit in, I think that would have been the same thing for like any other team he would have potentially gone to. Yeah. And Grace mentioned the Sabres GM Adams. And when I'm thinking back to last summer, it was quite clear that both the GM and Taylor Hall, they kind of wanted to be the solution for each other's problems. So in this case, they acquired Taylor Hall for some offense, obviously, and to fix the problems there. And Taylor Hall just wanted to find a home where he could succeed. And with time, that obviously didn't happen and they didn't find solutions to either of those problems. So, I mean, it was pretty obvious that the Sabres needed to deal him and we'll see where it goes from there. Now, my last question for you is who won the trade? Boston, hands down. (laughs) Yeah. It's obvious, like, come on. I mean, I'm asking because, you know, it's my job to ask, <laughs> but it's a no-brainer. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned, the kind of what we saw coming was a trade only involving Taylor Hall and a potential return. We saw another player having to be added to that pool in order to get something back, and the return wasn't even remotely what we saw. I mean, we knew kind of around what he would get just because of how he's been playing and the amount of teams he's been on recently, but you know, it it was expected. That's the thing you like, it sucks because they're people, but when you put a monetary value on the players and the picks that Buffalo acquired, I don't, I don't think that equals $8 million. It definitely does not. Plus the retained salary. Yeah. So just in Buffalo's situation alone, maybe if they weren't doing so terrible in the standings and they didn't have such a, what seems like a bleak free agency period coming up, um, I think that you could argue that Buffalo, you know, did an okay job offloading this player because they did, they did what they accomplished to do. He's out of Buffalo. <laughs> um but with their situation right now, it's definitely, definitely a Boston win on this one. Yeah. And also we also have to take into account Curtis Lazar and who's also, you know, another pretty good player. <laughs> like in the past seasons, he's been playing pretty well. And I think, you know, in order, you know, for Boston to get Hall plus Lazar, who's actually proven to be a pretty, you know, solid guy in the past few years. I think that seals is a deal. That's also some hot leadership coming out of Buffalo and going mm-hmm. into an already leadership stack team in Boston. 100%. Like Boston's team strength off the ice, like just as a team is incredible. Mm-hmm. Because they have so many veteran players and they're all, I think such good presences, presences <laughs> to have in the, <laughs> in the locker room. Just that alone, you could argue that they they won the trade on leadership alone. He's been dealt. What we said would happen has finally happened. And I guess, once again, time will tell. And we have to see how Hall fits into this team and 
what will happen with his future. We're going to move on to the first person on our list from last week, and that was Mr. Kyle Palmieri. And like you guys heard previously, um, we said that we probably saw him going to the Islanders. And looky there, he went to the Islanders. So we got another one, right? And so the Devils sent Palmieri and Zajak, Zajak, Zajak. Zajak. Zajac. Yeah, Zajac. Thanks. <laughs> to the <laughs> Islanders for AJ Greer, Mason Jopes, a first round pick and a fourth round pick. So pretty hefty kind of on both sides, um, especially giving up that first round pick. What do you guys think? Give me your thoughts. How will Paul Mary, you know, fare out? With the Islanders, how will Zajac also play on the Islanders, Greer on the Devils? Give me your thoughts. Well, for me, when you look at so when you look at both of these players, so before being traded, Zajac was doing very good in terms of scoring. And that's how it stayed. For Palmieri's case, he's he started off the season pretty slow and then he started to pick up, which is probably why he garnered a lot of attention come trade deadline. And when you look at the trade, it's also pretty good in terms of the return because both Palmier and Zajac are becoming UFAs at the end of the season. Now you look at the Devils and they're projected to either have a pick in the top 10 or potentially the top five, just the way the season's going. So they're adding another first round pick at the end of the first round, potentially, because depending on where the Islanders slot. So with Zajac and Palmieri leaving, it also gives the Devils a great amount of cap space to work with this off season. So if you look at it, in both situations, in both cases for both teams, it works out pretty good. You just sum that up completely. I'm just going to add the, the, the tiny point onto it. Um, both Zajac and Palmieri both mentioned that they think the Islanders are a place where they can go and win the cup this year. And that's definitely uh, Marjorie. <laughs> <laughs> your tongue back in your mouth. <laughs> but, you know, they, they think that they can... I mean, not win the cup, but get some good old playoff experience. I'm going to leave that in there. Everyone say hi to Paula. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they both, they, they're both really happy to be going to the Islanders, which is always nice to see. Also seeing Paul Mary with a, like a fresh uh, shaven face was definitely something to see. Don't get me started. Lou Lamarillo. Well, yeah, we all know what he's like. So um, yeah. So last question. Who won the trade? I mean, it's hard to say. Kyle Palmieri. Obviously, yeah, you have to look yeah. at Palmieri. He's gonna, <laughs> he's definitely gonna succeed for the Islanders. And the island, the Islanders already have a lot of offensive depth, and they're just adding on to it right now. In terms of the Devils, you know the situation they're in. This is obviously they're looking to build their future with the players they have. So with this trade, like I said, cap space and also more picks going into the future drafts. So. You can look at it kind of like a win-win situation, but obviously you look at the player Kyle Palmieri and, you know, he's going to a great team. Yeah, I definitely think it's a win-win. Like you said, I think they both kind of went in knowing what they needed to get. And then both teams got what they were looking for. And so I think that's usually, that's always a win-win in terms of, you know, trade deadline and when teams are trying to, you know, either make a push for the playoffs or kind of, you know, start building their team. I guess you can say I'm from scratch. 
So now we're going to move on to some trades that now happened a couple of days later or a couple of days ago. And one of them being, or the first one being David Savard. And um, he was on the top of like a bunch of people's trade lists. Um, and I especially wanted to talk about it because it, it's so incredible to me that um, Julian Brisbois was able to pull off this kind of insane deal for Savard and pay absolutely nothing, nothing of his, um, of his salary. And so basically, like I keep on telling the girl, Savard is not on the, on Tampa's payroll. Marjorie has been talking about this <laughs> for about 24 hours straight. Cause it's She's insane. Astounded it's insane. It's incredible. It's insane. But yes. Okay. Let me give you the details. So first, um, the jackets, dealt Savard to Detroit for another defenseman, Brian Lashoff. And then Detroit traded Savard to Tampa for a 2021 fourth round pick. And so basically Detroit is just trying to get some picks, like we said before, to kind of, you know, start that rebuild process. Um, but basically 50% of the salary is still retained by Columbus and then Detroit retains the rest, the other 50%. So Tampa is getting him basically for free at this point. And um, they're getting a good defenseman at a Savard, you know, a veteran, a guy who's, you know, played a lot of games and Tampa already has so many great defensemen. So adding Savard to the list is another, you know, plus for them. The one thing I was going to say, so Columbus made two moves and we'll talk about the other one later. So that one being Foligno, obviously. So between Foligno and Savard, Columbus acquired two first round picks in 2021, a third and a fourth round pick in 2022 draft, which is pretty good when you think of the return for both of those players. And like Marjorie mentioned, Tampa is getting Savard for practically nothing because Columbus is retaining 50%, Detroit's retaining 25%. And we've seen some trades where these third-party teams are coming in just to provide cap space and they're getting a pick or two. So that's been pretty crucial to teams like Tampa and also the Leafs too, and we'll mention that later. Yeah, and I don't even think I have to ask who won that trade. Clearly Columbus, Columbus, clearly Tampa won it. Tampa. Tampa won it, you know, <laughs> you know, case closed. Um, now we're going to just quickly move on to Montreal, and I'm going to let Alessia take over, tell you about the two trades that they made, and um, touch upon that, and then we're going to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, so for this trade deadline, Montreal Canadiens went out and they acquired two defensemen, the first one being John Merrill, so they acquired him uh, from Detroit in exchange for forward Hayden Verbeek and a fifth round pick in 2021. So uh, for me, this is a solid defenseman, but my initial reaction was, is this exactly what Montreal needs? Because he is a stay-at-home defenseman. That's his type of play. He's very strong defensively. Don't get me wrong, but he kind of lacks offensive skill. And Montreal has already a decent amount of these type of defensemen. So obviously the need coming into the trade deadline was to acquire a puck moving defender. But with that being said, he can definitely help the Canadiens penalty, penalty kill that has been sort somewhat struggling, I would say. And there's no denying that Shea Weber has not been that great recently. And he's, and you know, with Montreal's defensemen that they have right now, they really need like a lot of speed. 
So when I'm looking at Merrill, he could potentially become Weber's partner on the second pairing and hopefully he will succeed and hopefully Weber will start to show signs of improvement. Now, the second defender that they got was Eric Gustafson. Um, the Canadians got another defenseman and the Flyers traded him to the Canadians in exchange for his seventh round pick in 2022. And the Flyers will also be retaining 50% of his contract. So, you know, getting a defender with some off offensive upside for just a seventh round pick is pretty good in my eyes. Uh, he might not be the best defender, but he's shown in the past that his ability to be a strong offensive defenseman. So this season, when you look at his stats, it's one goal, nine assists for 10 points. The Flyers haven't been too good this season, so it makes sense, but the Canadians are ultimately looking for him to put up numbers comparable to his 2018-2019 season and even his 2019-2020 season. So just looking at his 2018-2019 season, in 79 games played, he had 60 points. So for a defenseman, that is really good. So yeah, so Montreal acquired some defenders and hopefully they slot in properly and help the team because their defense hasn't been too great as of recently. Ugh, love Alessia's little Habs corner as <sighs> per usual, giving us all the Habs insight. That's why I don't have to keep track of the Habs. I have Alessia at my disposal for that. <laughs> and it was really funny because on Twitter, there was a lot of um, you know rumors that Eric Goodbranson would be moving. And Habs Twitter wasn't uh, too happy about that, considering the thought of them acquiring him. So when they saw this tweet and the news coming out, they had acquired Eric Gustafson. It was a lot better than seeing Good Branson. <laughs> so well, it's always, we'll see what happens. Keep the fans happy, that's for sure. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to move forward from Habs now to Leafs and so Alessia was kind of alluding to the other Blue Jackets trade a little bit before and so as you guys probably all know is that um, the Blue Jackets dealt forward Nick Foligno to Toronto for a 2022 fourth round pick and a 2021 first round pick and then they also um, in that deal Toronto also got <sighs> got Stefan Nosen and they dealt a 2021 fourth round pick to San Jose. Sorry. I was like trying to like mentally make sense of this. So I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't read properly, but um, yeah, this one was definitely a surprise to me, maybe because I wasn't reading enough or from when I was doing my research last week, I don't remember seeing Toronto as one of the top teams to kind of, you know, being the running to get Foligno. Uh, maybe I wasn't looking deep enough, but um, I'm not mad about it. Um, you know, it's exciting to, I, I guess, to see Toronto get a big name. Um, Toronto is only paying 25% of Felino's salary. So that's a big win on, on Dubas's part. But um, yeah, give me your thoughts. I think every trade Toronto made uh, for this deadline was impressive in the sense that the team didn't really give up much apart from picks or a prospect. Um, so for Nick Foligno to come to the Leafs, that just adds more depth, especially and leadership. And I think that's always something that's something that's been a hot topic for the Leafs for the past few years, because they started with that young core of Nylander, Marner, Matthews, and they needed a lot of leadership in the dressing room. So to get the Blue Jackets captain, um, I think speaks to that they're still looking for that. They're still looking to build a really strong 
locker room so that it translates onto the ice. I mean, I, I was seeing somewhere, I think on TSN or something that this is, I think the fifth captain that the Leafs have kind of acquired because, you know, Tavares was obviously the captain of the Islanders. Joe Thornton was the captain of the Sharks. Now we have Foligno. Um, there's two other guys that I know that I'm missing, but you know, they're, they're getting a lot of guys that they know that they can, you know, make a, a good presence and an important presence in the locker room. And, you know, I think it was a good pickup, especially that we are, we're only retaining 25% of the salary, which is a, a plus because we all know what Stop, the- Stop, I forgot about that part. How the Leafs are, <laughs> are, you know, super tight in cab space. So I think it was an awesome pickup in terms of, you know, what Nick Foligno can provide for the team. And it's also always great to see, like you guys were mentioning before, when, when players are excited to get to the new team, you know, Foligno's really excited to come to Toronto. Um, he believes that they're a cup contender and it's, and it's always nice to see that he believes leaves in the team he's going in and um yeah it's going to be really exciting to see where where he where he's put and where he's you know mixed in and super exciting but and I think who won that trade I think we can all say I think the Leafs um you know Columbus got a lot of great picks but in terms of you know um right now I think the Leafs obviously can use Nick Foligno right now um and um you know kind of have him at their disposal and now we're going to kind of move on to the another big trade that the Leafs made in terms of goaltending and um, the Leafs acquired David Riddick from the Flames for a 2022 third round pick so another pick not too high up in the draft um, nothing too massive we all know what you know David Riddick hasn't uh, been um, amazing this season in terms of wins but his save percentage is still pretty good I think I sent to, to grace and it was 0.904 i think if i'm not mistaken and um and we all know what he's been playing in the years past he's an amazing goaltender he obviously can come clutch for the team and um you know this also poses a lot of questions for the future you know is jack campbell officially going to be the starting goaltender for the Leafs from now on and will freddie anderson be dealt uh during this free agency or, you know, even before then. So I'm so glad we work so well together because I was about to bring that up. Um, I was going to ask you guys that too. About 20 minutes ago, uh, Kristen Shilton tweeted that Kyle Dubas said, I'm convinced Frederick Anderson is going to play again for the Leafs for sure, whether it's here in the next number of weeks or in the playoffs. Nothing specified about next year. And I think with a three goalie team like Campbell, Hutchinson, Riddick, you don't have to keep Anderson and the, the hefty price tag that his his future contract would, would keep. So I definitely think that the moves they made um, just show that like they're really in it to win it this year. Overall, it's kind of been a win for the Leafs of the, the you know, yesterday and, to, and today. Um, who won this trade? I think we can kind of say the Leafs again. Um, you know, Calgary probably got what they wanted. Um, so maybe it's a kind of a win-win situation again. Uh, but like I had previously said, in terms of right now, the players that they can use, of course, is going to be a win because they've got um, solid players that, you know, they can rely on as soon as that quarantine um, kind of time is over, which I guess they don't have to really worry about with Riddick, but with Felino and Nor Nozin, um, just a week, but they know that they'll be able to use them. So we're going to quickly move on to now Jeff Carter 
and him being dealt from the Kings to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so LA got in return a conditional 2022 third round pick and a conditional 2023 fourth round pick. Like, come on. We also have to mention this trade happened really late last night. (laughs) It did. Like, I think I had seen a tweet like, do these GMs think the trade deadline ends at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. tomorrow? Like, it was so funny. It's always so odd. It's like the night before they're rushing to get stuff done. And it's like, you couldn't have put a hold on this until like 9 a.m. You couldn't have just stuck a pin in it and gone to bed. (laughs) Get your sleep. (laughs) But no, uh, this Jeff Carter trade is really interesting because the, the third round pick can become a second round pick if the Penguins make the Stanley Cup playoffs and Carter plays... 50% 50% or more of their games, hmm. which for a player like Jeff Carter is going to be pretty easy. So I think they can kind of depend on that third round pick becoming a second. Um, the fact that they had to just give up picks is pretty good for Pittsburgh. What's the cap situation like there? From what I remember talking about a while ago, I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> I think that Pittsburgh was okay. I think that they have a couple of UFAs coming up this this summer so I feel like they have to offload some of their players if I I don't know if I'm making things up in my head I feel like Chris Letang was one of the players that had a pretty substantial contract since they obviously can't move Crosby or Malkin Uh Um, I think Letang was one of the players that they were trying to potentially kind of free up for space I could just be making things up no, I was going to say there was a lot of rumors and out of those three, it was looking like more Latang to be moved or Malkin. Even Malkin was starting to be in discussions, but more Latang, yeah. kind of made sense too. Uh, yeah. To me. Chris Latang has a $7,250,000 contract until yeah, it's a big he's boy. a UFA in 2022-23. Mm-hmm. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have $256,000 591 dollars left in cap space projected (laughs) right now it's over just over a million i think it would have been nice to see pittsburgh offload some of that yeah some of that cap space but it is good that they just they just had to give up picks for a a pretty decent player like jeff carter yeah we all know that jeff carter is a, a veteran of the game he's reliable he can bring that leadership even though pittsburgh has awesome leadership in that group um i think he's just an awesome addition to that team. I think people often forget that your team can't succeed on the ice or on the court if everybody's fighting, no one's getting along, whatever. And I always go back to the NBA, but like a prime example is the NBA. You know, a lot of players don't get along. They fight in the locker room and, you know, that translate on the court. You know, they don't have the chemistry. They're all frustrated with one another. And it's because no one is kind of gathering around them and saying, hey, listen, you, we have to stop fighting you know get it together and pull through and so if you don't have at least one guy in the locker room you know kind of you know showing you the way then it's really hard to have a good team but then if you have a locker room filled with these guys then it's super easy to you know have that chemistry get together talk about plays have confidence in one another and be able to point each other's flaws and you know pat each other on the back when you're like hey that was a great play because who wouldn't want to hear that and so I think it's important that these that these teams add good leadership like Toronto has and especially like Pittsburgh has right here with uh, Jeff Carter so overall I think it's an awesome pick um pick up 
Uh, I think both teams, I think, kind of win there because we also kind of know that LA is kind of in that rebuilding process, kind of. Like, they're trying to get a little bit younger. They have a couple old guys on the team. Uh, they're trying to get some fresh faces onto the ice. And so I think I think this is another win-win. I think there's been a bunch of win-wins in this <laughs> trade deadline. So now, quickly moving, because we have lots to get through. Um, we have, goodness gracious, I lost my place. Um, oh, Sam Bennett. <laughs> so the Flames traded Sam Bennett and a sixth round pick in 2022 to the Florida Panthers in return for Emil, Emil, Emil Heinemann in the 2022 second round pick. I mean, when we were looking at potential players to be traded, Sam Bennett has been everywhere for the past couple of months so it's finally happened and you know it's a good trade like we were saying before we started recording sam bennett got more than taylor hall which is interesting um florida has been playing really well this season um definitely obviously you know in that kind of chase for the playoffs and ultimately the cup. So I think Sam Bennett will have the perfect opportunity to go to Florida, play some some games and uh, add to that team, um, you know, cause his situation in Calgary is a little bit different. Calgary is, you know, really fighting hard, you know, to, you know, get into the playoffs. But with Florida, he probably has the opportunity to play a little bit more and um, show a little bit more of his talents. And so, um, I don't know. Who do you guys think won in this trade? I guess you can say Florida because they got Sam Bennett, but I feel like it's also kind of equal. Maybe the scale leans a little bit more towards Florida. I think I'd have to say Florida just because, like you mentioned, Calgary is pushing so hard. They're they're really just trying to offload players that they don't not that they don't need, but that aren't vital to their team's success because it's the top four players in a division that get into the Stanley Cup, and they're sitting in fifth yeah. right now. And so with the season coming to a close in almost a month, um, they're definitely going to try and push really hard to get into that fourth spot. So I think Florida won just in the longevity of the trade. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I get um, you. There's less pressure, I think, on Sam Bennett now, like you said, Marjorie, um, and less pressure on Florida. So just because of that, I think Florida won. No, you just basically said it perfectly and <laughs> Like you, like we mentioned, Calgary is trying to make a push. They're sitting in fifth. To be honest, I thought they would be in the top four at the start of the season, but obviously that hasn't gone as planned. Um, But yeah, Florida is receiving a player that can make an impact right away. And for Calgary, they're getting a pick in return. So it's not really, you know, a player that can kind of help them make a push. It's more of a pick to build for the future. So we'll see with Calgary. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Toronto. Once again, they made a very last minute, not last minute, maybe within the last hour, I think, of the trade deadline. It was pretty last minute, let's be real. Was it last minute? Yeah, okay. it was very, I can't really remember. My time minute. orientation is way off. But um, either way, the Leafs acquired, finally, a defenseman um, from Anaheim, uh, Mr. Ben Hutton, in, in exchange for a 2022 fifth-round pick. So once again gave him up for essentially, you know, nothing too substantial or, or too big, nothing too impactful. But um, Ben Hudden hasn't been that great this year for Anaheim, 
But like me and Grace were talking before, he does have the potential to be a good defenseman because in the past few seasons where he's been playing in in Vancouver and gosh, I can't remember what the other team was. But either way, in his previous teams, he's been able to at least average a 20 point season, which is a good amount for a defenseman. And, um, you know, I don't think you can really ask for anything else. And I think it'll be another good addition to the Leafs. Like Grace mentioned before, Dubis was looking for guys that, you know, can add a little bit of depth and, you know, just help solidify the team even more. I mean, we saw it with Galchenyuk, right? Everybody was like, where's this guy going to slot in? What are we going to do with Galchenyuk? But when he did slot in for the Leafs, he was impressive. Yeah. He did his job. Yeah, He did his job. And I yeah. think that's the same thing with Hutton. You can put these guys on the taxi squad or you can have these guys ready to go and when they slot into this Leafs team they're going to do their job because Ben Hutton just does just that he's very stable (laughs) reliable reliable Um, yeah where you can you know what you're gonna get with Ben Hutton I don't think there's really any surprises so I think that that another another win for the Leafs I gotta be honest Yeah, I think we've mentioned quite often that with the condensed season, it's going to be really important for teams to have injury insurance. And I think that's what the Leafs are getting in Ben Hutton. I don't know exactly where he'll slot in. Like, obviously, I don't pay as much attention (laughs) to the Leafs as you two do. But that's what I'm seeing it as an injury insurance move, basically, where he can add depth to the defense and come in when he's needed. So another good pickup from the Leafs, Kyle Dubas, really you know, got things done this trade deadline. I can't, I can't complain really. You guys know where Kyle Dubas is from? (laughs) He's from Sault Ste. Marie. (laughs) Oh, Grace. Okay. Moving on from that. (laughs) We're going to talk about the second last, uh, you know, kind of trade that we saw um, that we're going to talk about. And we're talking about Jordy Ben being dealt from Vancouver to Winnipeg in exchange for a sixth round pick or I I don't know Jordy Ben wasn't really on my radar for being moved or you know that he was like you know kind of up in the air in terms of him being available but um Vancouver got a sixth round pick I think Vancouver is also trying to get a lot of young young players on the team you know they have a long young stars right now and so I think it makes sense for them to get that six round pick and Winnipeg has also been playing really well these past couple of weeks and of course they want to by adding Jordy Ben they're just adding you know a veteran a, another guy who also can bring in that leadership that we've been talking about and um, can kind of maybe give them a little bit of insurance too, maybe be a big body on the ice you know you know protect his players and once again make a push for the playoffs this is my thing with this trade i like it for both teams six round pick is great for mm-hmm. vancouver but to give up a player like jordy ben it's his 10th nhl season like you said he has that leadership i think it would have been nice for vancouver to also kind of get that back somewhere because i don't think in any any trade it they got like a really veteran player um so i i do think i would have liked to see that instead but as far as Winnipeg goes, they don't really have much of that to give up. Um, so it does make sense. And I do think that, you know, it's it's good for both teams. Vancouver got their pick. And there's going to be so many teams in the NHL in a few years who are just going to be absolute powerhouses. And it's going to be so cool to see and so much fun. Uh, and I think that this, this just speaks to that in the future of the NHL. 
Yeah, I think the trade was, I mean, it was good for both teams. We were kind of talking about this before recording and even in last episode where just looking at Winnipeg and them trying to make a push even to take over the North Division, we were saying that it would be really good for them to acquire a top four defenseman like Matthias Ekholm. Obviously, that didn't happen. And like we were saying before we recorded, we don't know if Nashville put the brakes on that or whatever happened. But, you know, they're still getting a defense a defender from Vancouver and it's kind of like I think a similar situation to Ben Hutton more like injury insurance he can slot in Jordy Ben's been pretty good for Vancouver but I mean I think it's a good thing that Winnipeg didn't get Matthias Ekholm because that would be a real killer to all the rest of the teams in the North Division. <laughs> Very good point <laughs> and I think oh they they dominate that division so fast. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, I think, and I think we already spoke about who kind of won this trade. I once again probably a win-win. Maybe the skill, like I said before, leaning more towards Winnipeg, but overall another really good pickup for both teams. And now we're gonna end it off with the last, really, I think the biggest trade. Um by far the biggest, the biggest trade, trade that hit line. right at the last second, right at the last second. And so basically Detroit gave up forward Anthony Mantha to Washington for Jacob Vrana, Richard Panic, a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick. So massive, massive deal right there. Give me your thoughts. I think this is crazy just because Detroit's first round pick with where Detroit is in the standing, their first round picks are going to be up at the top. I mean, it seems like the Washington Capitals really wanted Anthony Mantha, considering what they gave up. And when I'm looking at this trade, like I'm not saying Jacob Branna is an identical player like Mantha, but he is kind of in that skill level. So Detroit got Jacob Branna plus a bunch of other assets. So it'll work out for both teams. But I'm saying Detroit got a pretty good return back for mantha can we talk about the the right wings of the washington capitals for a second you now have anthony mantha tj oshi and tom wilson in the top three lines it's it's big guys big guys that's incredible um for detroit this whole thing this whole thing just blows my mind (laughs) i was like saving my excitement about it for right now because that's insane for Detroit. Like that could pick up their team, really. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like just just seeing like that Detroit was getting Vrana and cuz we all know how, you know, how he's played in in Washington and stuff. Um is insane. And you know, for them to get those two great forwards that they can use now, um you know, it's not like they really need them to, you know, push for the playoffs or anything, but it's good to kind of maybe build a team around certain players. Um, but then, you know, to get that first round pick and a second round pick in next year's draft, which is still, you know, another pretty, you know, pretty high pick in terms of, you know, it's not a fourth round or fifth round or sixth round, or it's either first or second. And so I think, I think this is definitely another win-win. Detroit gets exactly what they need. You know, this is how you do things right. Detroit knows what they need to get done and what they need to acquire in order to build a brand new team and, you know, start fresh again. And they've done exactly that and which we've spoken about before. And then Washington is just adding players to a team that's already so great because they want to get another Stanley cup. And so these two teams, you know, went in, got the job done 
and now we can all talk about it and you know relish the fact of how amazing this trade is and to end it off our you know trade special with this trade i think is fitting and you know once again i'm not even going to ask who won this trade i think it's pretty equal both teams got exactly what they needed and i think it's going to be super exciting to see mantha finally kind of be on a team that he can use his talents i wouldn't say for for good but like he can really really make a big impact on the team and not just kind of you know you know float around in detroit and you know just you know be a good goal scorer and like be like a point getter but you know actually have a good impact that can get them into the playoffs and then ultimately maybe win them another Stanley Cup so I just I just want to point out because I think it's hilarious because I'm reading it right now what they put on nhl.com for their trade deadline block it literally just says Mantha and then in brackets six foot five 234 pounds and bracket is big like that's all it says (laughs) and I'm like (laughs) he's a big boy that's the trade right there that's all we need no more details like we all know how massive the players are in Washington. Yeah. Like those are big guys who have massive presences. Presences? That's the second time we've done that. <laughs> Is presences a word? Our next debate. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. But either way, you guys know what we mean. That they have massive, like that massive presence on the ice. And I don't know, this this trade is just awesome all around. I'm I think I'm happier about this trade than any other trade, including the Leafs trades, just because how good I think it is. because like even looking at the trades this year, I was kind of like waiting for a blockbuster trade, like an actual trade that you could put yeah. the name blockbuster on. And this yeah. came right at the last minute. It was pretty like unexpected to say the least. Yeah. And it was perfect. It's fitting. It's like I said before, it's the perfect way to end off our trade special. Um, so much fun talking about all these trades, dissecting them, what it kind of really means for each team, you know, how these teams did, you know, obviously we all know Buffalo didn't do what we thought they did, they needed to get done. And they have to answer these questions in free agency. Toronto was one of the teams that really got things done and, you know, got great players for, you know, and they didn't have to give up a lot for those players. Detroit, winner, Washington, a winner, But yeah, I hope you guys had lots of fun listening because we had lots of fun doing this. It's always one of the things we look the most forward to in this in this NHL season. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. (laughs) We've been we've been talking a lot. Um, We'll take a two week break. That's the next thing we should bring up. We'll be back. Well, they'll be back in two weeks. I'll be back in hopefully three, maybe four um for some new wraparound content but we think it's about time we've been going for what oh my god 12 episodes straight for a very long straight i think we're benching ourselves that's basically what we're doing yeah we decided we're we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna let things marinate in the league and then when we come back we're gonna talk about everything that's happened and you know talk about the teams um that are probably in prime positions that probably already have you know that that oh my god that spot in the playoffs <laughs> locked and loaded can't speak anymore it's, it's done it's yeah. up for the day it's up for the day but yes well will you me and alessia will be back in two weeks to guys to um, give you a refresher give you some new content content grace will eventually come back and um it'll we'll will be the rapper on once again but i really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode once again um tweet at us send us a dm comment on our post let us know your thoughts about all these trades um ask us questions once again we're always welcome welcoming you know thoughts and you know 
you know, just, you know, conversation. So now we won't be posting new episodes, but you can bet we'll be on social media. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, send us things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. I hope you guys enjoyed and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.